Mythos New York Nick Podcast, Andre Gallagher. So, good news coming out of this All-Star break. Everybody's coming back except for OG and Randall, who were not expected to come back. And you got a little news from Randall saying that surgery has still not been ruled out on his shoulder. Sobering news, but news that you should have expected because once they decided to give you some information on Randall's shoulder, which took a second, to be fair, to be fair, they finally updated updated everyone and made it clear that shoulder, that shoulder surgery was not ruled out. We talked about it on this show, and that has not changed. And I'm not sure if there were folks expecting that that would have changed. I, I don't I don't know if he's he, all reports say that he's progressing uh, as expected, uh, progressing very well. Uh, but if you want to, if you want to hear that they've ruled out surgery completely and he's definitely coming back, I think you're asking a little bit too much. You're asking a little bit too much. Uh, so he's still a risk for not coming back this season. It doesn't seem like it's a, a, it doesn't seem like it, you know, it seems promising that he will be back. So, you know, keep your hopes up on that. OG, however, is is more mysterious. Now, from what I've read on this shoulder injury, I mean, I'm not shoulder, uh, elbow injury, it could be a real easy thing or it could be a pain in the butt. And listening to OG, it sounds like it's one of those easy things. So far, again, he's not raising any alarms, but the fact that he's no, there's still no timetable for return is a little cause for is a little cause for concern. A little cause for concern. And we talked about this. Hard and sign coming back is huge. That's how this team is able to compete night in, night out, give everyone a run for their money. But no OG, you don't got a chance to to compete at the highest levels. Like that's that's the guy, as you would expect. That's the guy that gives you a chance to to give you give this uh, Eastern Conference a run for their money. You need him back. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, sound the alarms. It's February. Uh, I got into it with a little a Nick fan, who who said the Knicks don't really have a chance to win a championship this year. It's next year that I have my eyes on. And and I asked. I said, why next year? <laughs> like, what do you know about next year that's that's got you so confident? And he said, well, the injuries. It was like well, the injury. It's February. Everybody could be healthy in two weeks. So don't 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 be one of those Nick fans that dismisses these injuries. Don't be one of these Nick fans that is crying wolf over these injuries. Let it play out. The games obviously you want these guys to come back. Obviously you want a healthy team. You want to be competitive. You heard me talk about it ad nauseum. But it's not you're not at a place where you're ready to throw the season away. Let's not be silly. It's it's still February. Let's go. You know, you expect next week, to me, I'm expecting OG to be back on the court. If he's not back on the court, I'm going to get really nervous. Because they said reevaluation in three weeks, and we're kind of like at that time right now. So if he's not back on the court in three weeks, I mean by next week, boy, I'm going to be a little concerned. And the time frame remains the same for Randall, but it was a little bit different 
because of the type of injury he had, it was serious from the beginning, whereas OG's wasn't quite seen the same way. Uh, even though he did have a procedure on his show, on his uh, on his elbow, it wasn't quite seen the same way. So if he's not ready to rock in another week or so, boy, it's got to be a cause for concern. Well, let's talk about the guys who are back. Hartenstein, back. Devo says his hamstring is good. Hartenstein is going to be kind of struggling with his injury going forward. You know that, but he's gotten a, a, a lot of rest here. It's about it's about rest. Of all the injuries that we've seen, uh, Devo obviously with a strain of a hamstring, uh, this injury that Hartenstein came to the Knicks with, but will get worse if he gets, you know, if he gets a ton of minutes. Those are injuries that will fall squarely and fairly on Tibbs, whereas people are trying to put every injury on Tibbs. And it's so annoying to hear people do that. Like I heard somebody in the media do it just this morning and if I forget the guy's name I, it's so it's such low-hanging fruit jesus you're gonna blame overuse on julius randall falling his shoulder look at the next minutes they're not they're not top five in minutes all season long they're top five in minutes for the last month but the month is only two weeks because you had a week at all-star break and we got a week left in the month so yeah with all of these injuries they did play a lot of minutes but before that they didn't but Devo with that hamstring, you, you can't you gotta look at the minutes on that. You just can't you can't help it. Hartenstein, his minutes have to be monitored because this is an injury that gets worse with overuse. It's just true. Everybody else, man, what do you think? He hurt OG's elbow? Like, what are you talking about? He had OG shooting too much? Stop being silly. But he seemed Devo seems to be ready to rock. Hartenstein is ready to rock. Sims is ready to rock. Sims is important. Let you let you have Hartenstein off the floor a little bit more with uh, Sims healthy, Precious, and the reason why I name him first is because Precious has to play power forward. There's a lot of minutes that are still going to fall on Precious, but now that Boyan is back and healthy, then Boyan can take a lot of those minutes out of the power forward position. Uh, he he should be getting at least I think he should be getting at least 25 minutes a game at that power forward position which will allow Precious to get a few more minutes. And not to, not to say that Precious, you want him off the floor defensively. He's been great at power forward. At center, not so much, though. But maybe he'll kind of, you know, the way he, he kind of eased himself into that power forward, power forward role defensively, maybe he can do that at the center position. Because you saw that in that Houston game where he stepped up in the fourth quarter and was just amazing defensively in the fourth quarter at the center position. Maybe... He just needs a few more reps there, and he'll get into a groove the same way he got into a groove with uh, at the power forward spot. So, and Knicks might be in a decent spot here, and you you're going to see the one thing I'm looking for. Obviously, they need to win games. All right, uh, these are not test games. I don't want to hear about test games, not the nonsense. But they do need to win. They lost games going into the break. You got to make up for some of these games that you lost. You have enough to win some of these games. You're playing the Cavs. You're playing the Celtics. It's going to be tough without your two big dogs. Uh, however, some of these other teams, they're tough, but they're winnable games uh, with everybody healthy. You're looking to see if Alec Burks finds a better group. Okay. There were a lot of Nick fans who I didn't hear many analysts not like the Alec Burks trade, but there were a lot of Nick fans that hated it. Most of those Nick fans... Uh, don't know what they're talking about. Some of them did. And all of them 
are going to look like geniuses if Alec Burks comes out and he looks bad like he did in a couple of the games before the break. And I'm one who thinks that Alec Burks can seamlessly, and if you call it seamlessly, you're already wrong, seamlessly play the position that they need him to play in that second unit. Didn't look that way. If Alec comes out playing like he did before, boy, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. In theory, Alec can satisfy what's needed in that second unit, and so can Bojan. Uh, I think Alec and Bojan are going to play together a lot. You're not going to see Bojan start. I think you're going to see Precious start for a myriad of reasons. I'm not a big fan of it, but it's going to happen regardless. You're going to see Alec and Bojan play together in that second unit because they played together in Detroit. They have some chemistry there. I think that's something that Tibbs is going to be looking for in that second unit. I don't think they need both guys in the second unit. I just think they need, they just need a one of them. <laughs> I think Bojan is better in the starting, the starting position. That way he can help spread the floor for, for Jalen and Jalen get up to a good start. Speaking of Jalen, I can't expect Jalen to come out as all-star break playing well. I can't. And he's impressed me a zillion times in these situations where you, you expect that he's going to have a little bit of a lull or not be able to perform for a myriad of reasons, and he comes out and he is awesome. But he just did too much press. It was just too too much talking this weekend. It was a lot of talking. It was a special weekend for Jalen Brunson. We've talked about it a million times. Everybody's talked about it at this point. But uh, he is... I'm sorry, he is doing too much, <laughs> if you ask me, doing too much right now, podcast, a thousand interviews, he's on all the smoke, he did a thousand interviews over the weekend during the break, I can't imagine he's back to business already, I just can't, can't, I'm hoping to be wrong, hoping to be wrong, but it's a big game. Bottom line, it's a big game. The last time the Knicks played the 76ers, OG gave Maxi a lot of problems. And 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 B played that game. But by slowing Maxi down, you really, really slowed the Sixers down. And taking MB MB having to carry too much of the offensive weight, it wasn't enough, and the Knicks blew the 76ers out. No OG out there, you might see Maxi get loose. Devo does the best he can. Hart does the best he can. Alec does the best he can. Now you see. But frankly, you don't know what this team is right now. This is this is an exciting game because you really don't know. You don't have your other two starters, obviously, but you don't even know what this this current iteration of this team that we're going to see for the next couple of weeks. You don't know what they are yet. This is a brand new team. In a lot of ways. Adding Bojan and, and Alec. This is a brand new squad. What you saw. Once Bojan and Alec showed up. Was not the team you're going to see now. Had no Hardenstein. Right. Which is. I, I'm not going to keep going over it and over it. It's huge. So now you have Hardenstein. So now you have your defensive identity back. Uh, at the front of the rim. Right? And now you have a capable offensive center. 
obviously I'm not saying he's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm saying you can you can give him the ball and he can make you know smart offensive plays, dribble handoffs, roll to the basket, make his reads, little floaters, uh, makes makes his little backdoor passes. A lot of things that they do that go through Hartenstein on offense as well and are predicated on the way he makes his reads offensively. Now, when you're adding two other offensive players and bringing him back to the starting lineup, you don't know what this team looks like. You don't know what this team looks like in that second half of the first quarter, the first half of the second quarter, where it's a mix of the starters and the bench. You don't know what the team is. You know, that's half the game right there. You don't know what that team is. So, got to be watching this game with great interest. There's only been so much you can think going in. If you think Alec Burks is trash, I just don't think that's necessarily great analysis. He has his he has his flaws. You don't want to see his flaws actually interrupt the rhythm of the team, which it kind of did uh, in the Houston game. But who knows what a the mean Alec Burks brings to the table looks like for this team as they start getting guys back. Now, the Knicks got two roster spots they need to fill. You've seen a lot of signings around the league of, you know, some, you know, peripheral players. And, of course, Knicks fans are always wanting the Knicks to sign some guy they think they've always liked and they think he's going to come in and, and be a superstar. Sign Dwight Howard. Actually, that's not the best. That's not the best example. Dwight Howard. On paper, it was is not a horrible suggestion, but you see a lot of Knicks fans wanting the Knicks to sign someone that, in their minds, is going to play, and the likelihood that the person that they sign is going to play is slim to none. This is a full rotation, even with the injuries, because the other guys are back. They're not going to sign anybody that's likely to play a bunch of minutes. It's crazy to think that. They didn't bring all these guys in to sign someone off the street to play 25 minutes a game. The person or anyone that they bring off the streets is going to be just to shore up injuries, you know, shore up, you know, injury insurance. At least that's the way it should be. That being said, news came down. The Knicks signed Daquan Jeffries. Now, Daquan Jeffries is a player who I like. He has some good offensive skills. Um, I thought they, I thought that they should sign another wing player. I thought about it. I actually went through the free agent list. I thought they should sign an, another wing player or another point guard. A lot of people think they should sign a big. And if we're talking about for the rest of the season, I don't think so. You're hearing news that Mitchell Robinson might actually be back in March. If that's the case, they. It doesn't make sense for them to sign a, a big for the rest of the season. 10-day contract, sure, but the guy is not going to play if everyone's healthy. Teams don't have three centers <laughs> that they, they that they want to play. Most teams don't have three of them. The Knicks would have three. Mitchell Robinson, Hartenstein, and Sims with an asterisk on on Precious Achua. So, you signing a fifth center? Is that what you think is needed? Well, yes. If someone is hurt, if Hartenstein gets hurt, it probably makes sense to go bring in some center insurance. But with him healthy, you kind of cross that bridge when you come to it. You don't don't keep a fifth center on a roster. 
uh, just in case, you know, you lose one at this point. I just don't think it's a good idea with Mitch on his way back. If, if Hardenstein gets hurt and Sims gets hurt, okay, you want to go snatch, grab somebody, go grab somebody. Now, Taj Gibson, I'm not sure if Taj Gibson, forgive me, I saw news that Taj Gibson was at the practice facility, but I didn't see whether or not he was signed. Uh, Taj Gibson, and you heard me talk about it when they signed him, especially after Mitch got hurt. I really thought that Taj Gibson had more to offer than he has shown. That's my bad. A lot of people dismissed Taj Gibson signing. And I thought it was misguided because Taj Gibson was not actually terrible when he was playing with the Wizards. He was terrible if you wanted him to be a starter or a starting power forward, starting center. But if you're talking about somebody playing 10, 15 minutes a game, Taj Gibson brings a lot to the table. And some of those games, frankly, (laughs) that Taj played that everybody was blaming him for, he wasn't even in the minus. It was the guys that you, the other guys you wanted to play that were in the minus. So it was a, it's it's uh, ironic, but anyway, anyway, he's like Todd doesn't look like he's the answer out there. Uh, I thought he looked a little thin. I thought he looked a little thin out there. Uh, he didn't have the same muscle tone he had before. He clearly didn't have the same wind. Uh, he hurt his back, you know, of course. Hurt his back when he was playing, just like you would expect from an old man. Anyway, I'm calling him old, but I'm older than him. But you understand what I'm saying. But the Knicks have a deadline. They have to sign someone today. They signed Daquan, but they have to sign that last roster spot today. I actually went through the available free agent list, and I didn't see anybody I thought could help the Knicks on the floor. Even if there was an injury. Will Barton's out there. For some reason, nobody likes Will Barton anymore. I remember when he had a value just a few years ago and people actually thought he could be something. When I say be something, you know, be a solid rotation player. Uh, and I see some names floating out there, but I, I don't see anyone that would step on the floor and help the Knicks in anything they need to do. Uh, so you know, it's, it's pointless to bring in a... a a veteran, unless he's just going to be a veteran presence in the locker room. Well, that's what Taj Gibson is. So you bring in Taj because he has existing relationships across the board. Uh, from the coaching staff to Jalen Brunson when he was a kid in Chicago to Julius Randle. You bring him in there. You know that you have existing relationships. You know what you're getting from him. Why bring in somebody that nobody knows in the middle of the season? That's ridiculous. So if you're going to bring in somebody who is going to help you on the floor, that's one thing. But the rotation is full. And you know, I, I was kind of looking at, hey, well, if this person gets hurt, you want somebody to step in. Uh, I think it's the with OG out, I think it's the wing where they struggle the most. Uh, obviously, the power forward position to a degree as well. But you do have guys like Jericho Sims that can drop down the power forward. Uh, if need be, you bring up. Uh, Jacob Toppin to play a little power forward. I don't think that's the biggest deal. I think the biggest deal would be the wing position. If you if you got an injury to Hart or injury to Debo, you're a little bit light on that wing position uh, at this point. You know, with with size because McBride doesn't have a lot of size. You have no more Grimes. 
Obviously, Burks is there now. But if you lose Devo, you lose Hart, then you're kind of like, who else is there with no OG? It's really just Burks and, and one other guy. If one of those guys, guys get hurt, it's just Burks and one other guy. You know, so I thought bringing in somebody at the wing position would be the better answer. They bring in Daquan Jeffries, who can play that position, has been with the franchise for a while. It's a safe choice for them. Not exactly a proven choice. If somebody needs to play minutes, he's likely not to play him, if you know Tibbs. So I, I don't expect any saviors in these last two roster spots. I really don't. But I think I kind of buried the lead on Mitchell Robinson. Him coming back is, first of all, good good for him, good for the team. It's problematic, though. You've seen the light with this team. You've seen the light. You know, you have a sense of what this team is without Alec Burks and Bojan. You have a sense. What is this team with Mitchell Robinson in that mix, though? Especially a Mitchell Robinson who might be out of shape, a Mitchell Robinson who, whose timing might be off. I, I keep hearing people talking about how good the defense is going to be when you have Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, yeah, in shape, Mitchell Robinson, the defense could be great, but your offense is also going to suffer with Mitchell Robinson on the floor. We talked about this ad nauseum. Your offense will suffer. With him on the floor, Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. Did you see what Julius Randle's numbers were with, without Mitchell Robinson? When you juxtapose Julius Randle's numbers with Hartenstein and Julius Randle's numbers with Mitchell Robinson, his effectiveness at the front of the rim was night and day. It's night and day. And Precious, you've seen what Precious could do. If he's playing the backup center position offensively, obviously you lose something defensively. It's something that they need to balance. I'm not excited about the return of Mitchell Robinson unless he's going to be back and being able to play five to ten games to get his win and get his act together so the Knicks can get a real good feel for what this rotation is going to look like because the way it's shaping up, Precious Achua is not going to play when it matters. And it's hard to imagine, it's easy to imagine Precious Achua not playing when he was playing like he did the first couple games. He was here. It was easy to imagine it. Because he wasn't playing, and the Knicks needed him to play. And he wasn't playing. And when he did play, he didn't look great. But right now, he looks awesome. Awesome! At the backup power forward spot. But you have somebody to back up power, power forward spot, assuming Randall comes back. His name is Bojan Bogdanovic. So he's not going to play there unless Bojan is not going to play, which would be hilarious. Because I have definitely gone out on a limb screaming down people who try to say that Tibbs is not going to play Bojan. Screaming them down. So they made this trade. They traded Grimes to get Alec Burks, who's a free agent, and Bojan and not play him? Huh? But if Precious playing defense like that, I can kind of see it. I can kind of see it. But Boyan is not a terrible defensive player. I think he's got that reputation because of the way he looks. He's not a terrible defensive player. He's not been Precious, but he's not terrible. But we got to watch these games with great interest because if, if Boyan's defense is suspect, he will sit for Precious. He will in the playoffs. But I'm more curious 
if Mitch is going to sit for Precious. Because if Precious figures out how to play that backup center position better than he's been playing it, what, what reason do you have to play Mitch over Precious? Because he might stop one or two baskets? It doesn't matter if Precious is giving you four or five. If he's giving you four or five baskets that Mitchell King is not giving you, you know, it. Or if there are rotations that switches that Precious can make and defend that Mitch can't. So you can't just look at what Mitch does at the front of the rim and not look at what Precious does on the perimeter. I can't wait for this game tonight. It's one of those losses that is it's a big game. It's one of those losses that's going there's gonna be no excuses. They they don't have a reason to lose this game. Yes, Philly's not no punk, but everybody healthy except for Randall and OG is enough to beat Philly today. It is, with no Embiid. So they gotta figure it out and they gotta win this game. I'm looking forward to it. At Sports Ethos on Twitter, at Ethos Knicks. Until next time. Thank you.